Welcome everyone to The Perfect Pick. You can find us on Instagram at the.perfectpick. I'm Jacob and I'm joined by Benny and Anthony. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Doing well, Jake. How are you? I'm doing fantastic because I'm excited for today's episode. Yes, sir. Same here. Can't wait to go through these running backs. The most important position in fantasy football. Let's do it. The long-awaited running back rankings. Yes, sir. The workhorse of the fantasy engine. Oh, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) Running backs are highly valued on fantasy teams, and I think running back rankings are probably going to be the most important rankings when it comes to fantasy football. So do you want to just get right into it, guys? Yeah, let's go. I think number one overall consensus, according to our rankings and rankings all around the internet, is going to be Christian McCaffrey. We're not going to have a lot of people disagree with us. Um, I think a lot of his volume is going to stay the same uh, when it comes to this come coming year. He's going to get the rushing attempts, and as we discussed before, uh, Christian McCaffrey averages around 80 to 100 receptions per year. So if you're looking at a half-point PPR or a full-point PPR, he's not going to disappoint you. Um, His touchdowns last year in the rushing department were 15. And that's, I, I think we can expect a little bit of regression. What do you think, Anthony, when it comes to the rushing touchdowns? Um, when it comes to McCaffrey's finish as a whole, I think we can expect regression. Um, not to say that he won't finish as the RB1, but um, just you know, looking at it in general terms, whenever a, a player has, an, has a historic season like you know Christian McCaffrey had last year, it's just really hard to repeat that. So I'm not going to go in and expect the same production as last year, but he's still the consensus number one RB. Um, and I don't have much more to add. There's no argument. So, Yeah, there, there's no one behind him that's going to steal the workload, so he's locked and loaded in that first position. Do you want to move on to our second? Yeah, so second, we actually have Saquon Barkley as our number two consensus running back. Um, kind of the same story as, as Christian McCaffrey. Uh, not much to add other than, I mean, I think he's going he's gonna to be better than last year, you know, assuming that he doesn't get injured. Um, but to me, I mean, I actually, I'm, I'm really close between these two guys just because, I mean, I put McCaffrey first out of out of respect and the fact that he finished last year as the number one running back, but um, I can easily see Saquon taking that number one RB overall um, this year. And I think with the new additions to the, the coaching with the Giants and everything, I think that Saquon's in for a big year. So I, I love him. He's... I think everyone does. Yeah, I think one thing that I do like of Saquon above McCaffrey is just his frame, his body, his physical abilities. I think he's just, overall, he's a better and more physical player. And I think he's more capable when it comes to football. <clears throat> yeah, uh, no, for McCaffrey. sure. I mean, McCaffrey's obviously, he can, he, he has the body for it too. So I'm not like, that's not why I would take Saquon over McCaffrey yeah, or anything. Yeah. But I would agree when you look at uh, his quads, you know, that's uh, there's no competition <laughs> there at the running well, back Well, he position. is a heavier back. I think he's got about 15 or 20 pounds on yeah. McCaffrey. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
You want to move on to number three? Yes, sir. Our number three consensus running back is uh, Zeke Elliott. Um, Again, I feel like these top four or five guys are pretty much consensus all across the industry just because, um, you know, they're just so known. They're known commodities that we know they're going to be great running back ones this year. Uh, The only thing I'd like to say about Zeke, if you don't know, (laughs) he's as steady and reliable as they come. Um, He's super safe, arguably more safe than the top two guys. Not saying that, you know, I would take him over those guys, but I mean, the guy has a track record of staying healthy and and producing on a year-to-year basis and, yeah. of course, throughout the year on a week-to-week basis. So he's as safe as they come. I mean, looking at right here, when he's played the whole season, he's recorded 300 rushing attempts. Yep. That, that's consistent. The volume is, is there for sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere. His touchdowns kind of fluctuated, but that's that's a given. You know, and uh, he's still part of the receiving game. My only wish is that Zeke would be more a part of the receiving game because if he did, he would be up there. I mean, he's already up there with these these two guys ahead of him, but like he would have that upside to finish as the number one running back, but because of the limited passing work that he has, and this is, of course, because of the fact that they have so many receiving options on the outside. But yeah, I mean, that's really the only thing that's kind of capping his upside. Otherwise, super safe. Yeah, I mean, we'll see uh, this year with McCarthy. As head coach, if anything will change. But uh, yep. yeah, he's locked and loaded. Uh, number four? Our number four consensus running back is Alvin Kamara. Again, we both have him as the number four running back. And again, uh, not this one, there's a, there's a little more to discuss this year about Alvin Kamara because last year he didn't impress as much as you know people would have liked, I'm sure. And I think that people expected a lot more from him. I think he's due for a bounce back year. He was dealing with multiple injuries throughout the entire year. So um, when you're hobbled like that, it's just tough to produce. So to me, I think that another guy here who can easily finish as the number one running back, as long as the touches are there, as long as he scores, which we saw, uh, was it two years ago where he scored 18 touchdowns or whatever it was? So, yeah, total touchdowns. Yeah, so I mean, if that's there, he's easily locked and loaded as a number one RB or uh, RB1 with easily upside to to finish the year as the number one RB. Yeah, 81 receptions, three years in a row. The the guy catches the ball a lot. One could say he even gets wide receiver numbers. Like, it's it's pretty insane. And yep. then uh, his re- rushing attempts, I would l- hopefully like to see them hit the 200s, but we'll see. I mean, the Saints are a pretty pass-happy team, but uh, it, would, it would be nice to see Kamara run the ball a little bit more. Yeah, I'd say the biggest difference between Kamara and then the top three guys is that he doesn't get like the workload. Yeah, you know, he doesn't get he gets a workload, but it's not as heavy as the guys ahead of him um, that we have ahead of him. But I think just because of the efficiency, that's why he's so high. Um, and really, the only guy, I mean, after him that I would consider is the next guy that we're about to talk about is Dalvin Cook. Um, it's really close for me between them two. Um, really, I think one of the main reasons why Cook is below him for me is the fact that, you know, with the whole contract situation, I'm just kind of skeptical on whether, you know, is he going to hold out? Is is a, you know, is it going to be resolved by then? But um, really, if it wasn't for that, I would really consider taking him over Kamara. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Dalvin Cook? I like Cook. He looked amazing last year. He was super quick. Uh, he would cut, bounce to the outside, and literally no one could catch him. 
Uh, the problem I have with Cook and the problem a lot of people have with him is that he's injury prone and uh, I just I'm afraid he's gonna get injured again from his just his running style. He's so quick, you know it's it's not gonna take a lot to get injured. Um, Kamara is the dude is tough. And so when you're when you're looking at him versus Cook, I, I just worry about Cook. I, I feel like Kamara is definitely a tougher player, even though he dealt with injuries last year. Kind of slowed him down a bit. I feel like Cook uh, is more injury prone in my opinion. But I, I still love Cook. And if he's there in the middle of the first, I'm definitely taking him. Yeah, I mean, for me, last quick point on Cook. I, I'm not sure that I would say he's... Um, I mean, he. I don't want to call him injury prone just because he's a running back. So it's like it's it's hard to call him something like yeah. that. It's... You know, injury prone, I feel like, is when, you know, you, you re-injured the same thing every single time. With Dalvin Cook, it's like, it's it's different, I feel like. I mean, I know in 2018, he had two hamstring strains, or one sprain, one strain, but still. And last year, he had a uh, shoulder AC joint sprain. I mean, that yeah, happens. These kind of that. things, he's a running back. He's going to get hurt because that's, I mean, every running back gets hurt. It's just a matter of do they play through it. So I'm not too concerned on his injury history or, you know, any sort of injury concern. Um, it's just a matter of, do, would I like him over Alvin Kamara? At at this point, no, um, but he's up there. He's really close. Yeah. So um, at number six, we have Derrick Henry. Um, and again, to keep in mind, up to this point, we have the exact same rankings. Jacob and I have the exact same uh, guys in the exact same position. Um, I think Derrick Henry is, is due for a, a monster year. And uh, I mean, there's not much to say about him either. The offense, I think, is still going to be great. Um I think it's going to be explosive just like it was last year with Tannehill getting his contract. And I mean, there's not much else to say. They didn't add any. So they added a, a, a running back. Um, do you recall what his name was? He's a rookie running back. They just drafted. Um, if you can pull that up for me whenever you get the chance. But a rookie running back? They just added a rookie running back because they got rid of Deion Lewis. I think it's uh, Darrington Evans in the third round. Most uh, That's him. Yeah, for sure. And, and so okay. I'm not saying this isn't like. Derrick no. <laughs> Henry is, is you know, his touches are in jeopardy. However, I will say, like, you look at a lot of teams nowadays that are going with a more of a running back by committee approach. Um, and I'm again, this is not me advocating that, you know, Ev- Evans is going to eat into Derrick Henry's work and Derrick Henry is not going to be good this year. It's just saying maybe, just maybe the Titans decide to go into more of a, you know, they still have that running, the heavy power running style but they mix in Evans a little bit more than we would like, um, especially when it comes to the passing game. And maybe he takes over a couple of downs whenever Derrick Henry's, uh, he needs a breather or whatnot. Again, he's still a first round solid pick that I'm not scared of. Um, and I think the only reason why Derrick Henry's on the outside of the top five is just because of his limited passing work. Otherwise, I think he's he's a great pick in the first yeah, round. I, I agree with that. I think that's the only thing that is holding Henry down. Just uh, just the fact that he's such a big dude, it's kind of hard for him to turn around and catch the ball and uh, do those quick cuts. Yep. I, I mean, when you watch him run, his running style, he, he just kind of carves around. He can't cut like smaller dudes. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that's just, just he's, a, he's a runner, you know, right. and he's going to bulldoze through people. And he's going to be a hard guy to take down. But he's definitely uh, a top first round pick. That's for sure. Yeah. And then the last guy that we have um, where we agree on 100% is 
Aaron Jones. So he's our number seven running back off the board. Um, I feel uneasy ranking him so high just because the volume is not there. Um, He gets enough volume, but I'm saying he's not a workhorse. He's not a guy that gets the ball um, 300 plus times a year or whatnot. He's not like a McCaffrey or a Zeke or anything like that. So um, that's my only concern with Aaron Jones is that his efficiency was so high last year um, that without that efficiency, it's just, I mean, if he loses a bit of that efficiency, it's like a quarterback when, when their touchdown rate is so high, when it's up at 9%, you can expect regression. So that's why I expect the same thing for Aaron Jones. But at the same time, I still expect him to have a great year this year. I mean, he did finish second last year in fantasy points for running backs. And that's why I'm saying like, it's, that's the reason why this ranking is merited. It's not because, you know, and then there's a reason why he's not up there at number two or number three, though, is because these guys that are going ahead of him will have more work than him. Um, last year, the Packers were reliant on him. I think they will be again. Um, yeah. Well, he did have that's how they won the 13 games. He so. had a couple blow up weeks. For example, he had a dud in week six with four points and then another dud in 12 and 13 with 3.8 and then three points. Um, that's standard scoring, but it, he had a couple duds, you know, yeah. and, which was kind of uh, it hurt you that week. Um, he did help you in the in the fantasy playoffs. He he was amazing. Um, so when it came to that, yeah, I I don't, and I, I think towards the end of the year when it does get a lot colder, teams tend to run the ball a little more, just because it's kind of hard to throw the ball in twenty thirty degree weather. Uh, so that's one thing to note as well. Yeah, now, definitely. With Aaron Jones, he's he's on a pretty long list of running backs who are actually going to be free agents next year. There's about like 14, 15 notable running backs who um, almost in a way have to prove themselves next year to get a contract extension because there's just a lot to choose from. You're talking about Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Chris Carson, Derrick Henry. They're all free agents next year. Do you think that helps Aaron Jones? Yeah, I, I think it does. We did talk about it in, in the division uh, review. Um, and I think they drafted, um, who was it? AJ, AJ Dillon. Dillon? Yeah. So I, I, I think they're going to let go of Jones because he's probably going to ask for too much money next year. Um, so he's, he's going to work his butt off uh, this year. And I think he's just going to get too expensive. But yeah, he's, he's going to be great uh, value this year. Yeah, I mean, just to go over where he where he is going in the draft right now, it's, he's the the first pick of the second round. So, um, I mean, yeah, he's if he's your RB, if you somehow are able to get a, you know, a Dalvin Cook and then get Aaron Jones, I mean, you're you're solid. You started off the draft very well. So, Aaron Jones, I think every single guy up to this point we've liked. I mean, there's none yeah. of these guys. You know, I'm staying away from. I think they're all pretty much locked in running back ones. Right. Um, the next two guys, I'm coupling them just because um, I have one of them at eight and nine, and then Jacob is the opposite. So um, I have Josh Jacobs. For me, he's actually I'll start with Jake. Jacob has uh, Josh Jacobs at eight, and then Mixon at nine. I have the opposite, so I have Mixon at eight and Jacobs at nine, and. You know, the fact that they're so close, I don't think we need to discuss, um, you know, you, you can, you're not going wrong with either one. Um, you can argue Josh Jacobs is safer um, if you believe in the Raiders offense more. Um, 
for me, I don't think that there's that much of a difference this year between the two offenses. I think that Joe Mixon, um, with the addition of Burrow and and you have you added another weapon to the passing game, and the offensive line should be better this year just because they are getting uh, I forget his name, but Jonah something on the offensive line. He he's he was rated as one of the best offensive linemen of his class um, when he was drafted last year, but he was hurt. So I think Joe Mixon that he he's at eight for me, which also seems kind of high, but I just really like him. I like the fact that he's going to get a lot of work this year. And again, with the fresh new offense, I don't see how he doesn't finish as a RB one last year. I believe he finished close to an RB one. So Jacob, if you want to talk a little bit about um, your, you know, Josh Jacobs ranking, what do you think of him this year? So I like Josh Jacobs because he's just, he's a, he's a brutal runner. He just, he'll break tackles. He'll find open space. He's quick. Uh, he can even catch the ball. Um, but the problem is just like with Derrick Henry, he doesn't get a lot of passing volume. He did struggle with a little bit of injury. I think he fractured something in his shoulder. And oh, was it a fracture? Yeah, he actually broke his his shoulder. He was playing with a broken, uh, broken bone. If you want to look that out, but Josh Jacobs, he, I think he's just going to get more more and more volume, and he's going to be even more effective when he's healthy. And I, I think we didn't see the complete Josh Jacobs um, last year. So I, I would look for him to increase his attempts, increase his receiving. I, I think the GM talked about using him in the passing game. And yeah, it's a GM, but I think Gruden will start using him. Um, even though they did uh, renew Jalen Richard, yeah. uh, still there. So that kind of eats away at his receiving work. But I, I think Josh Jacobs is prime for a, a big workload. I, I do love Mixon as well. Mixon, like you said, he, he's part of a whole brand new offense, and I think he's going to get the ball a lot. The, the only problem I have is, is with his contract. Hopefully, it gets that resolved uh, if he, you know, gets an extension or whatever it is. But yeah, he's going to get the attempts. Um, hopefully, he gets a little more touchdowns, and probably I, I will look for his receptions to go up. Um, they still have Giovanni Bernard to help in the passing game. But I think this is Mixon Mixon's job. It's not. It's not gonna. It's gonna not gonna mix too much. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Josh, I don't have much. <laughs> I don't have much to add. What? We gonna ignore it, or we gonna, or we gonna, we're gonna talk about it. I think we're just gonna. We'll let the listeners decide what they want to do with that. Yeah. Um. Not much to add other than the fact that if if either one of these guys, if their receiving work goes up, which I believe Mixon had more receiving work last year um, than Josh Jacobs, but if both of their you know receiving work goes up, they're going to be great values in the draft. But they're both going in the first round, so it's and I, mean, I think they're they're both being drafted like they're going to get more vo- more volume. That's kind of right. how they're being drafted at. Yeah, exactly. So I mean. It's not like you're getting a discount on any of these guys. They're both, no. uh, you know, back end first round picks. Um, so yeah, let's move on. Cons- actually, this is another consensus um, ranking we have for Kenyon Drake at number ten, r- running back ten. Um, one of my favorite picks in all of fantasy football this year. I'm really high on him. I just love the upside, and I think that when you compare him to some of the guys that's going that are going around him, 
Um, it, the upside doesn't even compare as well as he has a solid floor. So um, one of my favorite picks this year should have a ton of work, both in the, in the receiving game and in the running game, obviously. Um, and I see the Cardinals as, you know, a really, really good offense this year with upside to be a top five offense in points scored or, or yards and, and everything. So uh, I just, I think Kenyon Drake is going to have a heck of a year. Uh, and I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns because, and I'm not trying to project because I mean, touchdowns are very, they're not sticky. They're not sticky stats. So you can't just, you know, last year he had eight touchdowns in eight games. I'm not going to say he's going to have 16 this year, but would I be surprised if he did? No. So Kenyon Drake's my number 10 uh, running back off the board. Uh, Jake, you want to add anything on him? Um, I do have my doubts with him, but it's kind of hard to deny his stats. Uh, he makes the most of every opportunity. And uh, I'm I'm curious to see how he does on this offense because it is a brand new offense, in, in my opinion. And I think they're going to they're gonna use him a lot. And I think they're also going to couple him with Chase Edmonds. But I feel like Drake um, is going to take this starting role and he's, he's just going to hold on to it. And he's going to get the volume. The receptions are a big part of this. And uh, I think he's going to be all right this year. He's going to be a good uh, running back one. Just to clarify for me, I have no concern that Chase Edmonds will eat any of Kenny and Drake's work. So I don't know why people keep mentioning that. Jacob, I don't know why you mentioned Chase no, Edmonds' he, he's name. He's just as... He's not know, just as good. He's just as quick, and he's just... I, I mean, think he's a good change anything. of pace. Sure, but I mean, Drake is going to get tired. Like every other running back. But I, I honestly believe that that uh, Chase Edmonds is just a is just a handcuff to Kenny Drake. I don't think that, especially in fantasy, he has no standalone value. And even when it comes to Drake, I don't think Drake is. It's not like no, no, no. I'm Nick not Chubb saying, and, and Kareem Hunt, no, where no. Kareem Hunt eats into Nick Chubb's you know value. It's not like that. Um, one thing I'd like to add with Kenyon Drake, people might think that adding Hopkins is a bad thing. But to me, I actually think that the only thing this does I mean, could it affect him in the touchdown department? Sure. But I feel like this only increases their chances of scoring by keeping plays alive, by keeping drives alive. You know, whenever Kyler Murray is is being run down by defensive linemen, he's going to be able to look to John Drew Hopkins to save the day, basically, just like Deshaun Watson did so many times in the years that they played together. So I actually think DeAndre Hopkins helps him in, in that way. Um so yeah, moving on, we actually just mentioned him, um, Nick Chubb. He's our running back 11, consensus running back 11. I have him at 11. Jacob has him at 13. Um, and I mean, the guy's a beast, man. I mean, there's not like, there's not many running backs in the league that can handle a workload like he can handle, you know, 300, 350 plus touches a year. And he's one of my favorite running backs to watch. I remember seeing games from with him watching him last year in a couple of the Browns games and I mean he's one of my favorite runners in the league so we have him as RB consensus 11 um Kareem Hunt is a concern and that's really the big story with Nick Chubb if if Kareem Hunt was not there would you agree that Nick Nick Chubb is pretty much at like Cook Henry range would you not agree I, I mean that yeah. he's up there with me well, you know he, for me he gets the volume I, he had 300 attempts last year which exactly. is insane Exactly. With Hunt still there. Yeah. The only thing missing was his reception game. Yep. I, I feel like he could have gotten more receptions if Hunt was not involved. Uh, because Hunt does get the ball in the passing game. Yeah. I mean, that's his main role there, I feel. 
um, change of pace back. So, yeah. Um, when it comes to Kareem Hunt, um, he also is a free agent at the end of this year. Um, and when it came to the Browns at the time, because of his situation, that was kind of his only option. He had to go to whatever team would sign him at that point. Um, do you think he balls out to try to score another deal with a different team after this year and, you know, makes Nick's, Nick Chubb's value kind of go down? Well, I mean, to me, I, the way I see this is like the same way that Kareem Hunt, you know, eats into Nick Chubb's workload. It's the same thing the other way around. I mean, if, if Kareem Hunt was there by himself, he would ball out. No, no, uh, no question about it. Um, so I see a similar. So I know Kareem Hunt last year, he played what the last six games, seven games, whatever it was. Um, he will basically be something similar to last year. Just extrapolate that over a full year, unless Nick Chubb goes down, of course. But um, he's obviously going to do what he can with what with what uh, you know with what opportunities he gets. Um, but I don't see Kareem Hunt definitely not finishing as some sort of RB one again, barring injury to Nick Chubb. So, um, you want to add anything to Nick Chubb, Jake, or we can move on. Um, I, I still think Chubb is going to be still, uh, I think they can both be fantasy relevant. Oh, just like, definitely. uh, Ingram and Kamara was back at the saints and yeah, New Orleans. I don't know if it's going to be like, I don't know if they will both be that relevant. Not, not like, I don't think similar. the split is that much, but yeah. I do think that like they both will. I mean, cream hunt, he's in the rankings today and he will, and we will discuss a little bit more, to, you know, a little bit later, but I mean, Kareem Hunt is still going to be fa- uh, fantasy relevant. It's not like we don't draft him. So yeah. um, the point was, is that just Nick Chubb is the lead guy there. That's mm-hmm. why they drafted him. So, yeah. which uh, side note, I wish the Patriots would have drafted him instead of Sony Michelle. Uh, that's a different story. Um, consensus running back 12. This running, this uh, rounds out our top 12 and it is Le'Veon Bell. Now, the industry is a bit lower on Le'Veon Bell than we are and I feel I mean he's going in the third round um which is not too bad it's not it's not and I but I've seen Le'Veon Bell fall and I've seen him go in the fourth round I've seen him go in the fifth round even and I think he's kind of trending upwards so he's going in the second or third round now yeah and and so to me like the volume is obviously there um 300 plus touches no question um Offense, I believe it's going to positively regress. I think that you have Sam Darnold there, hopefully, for 16 games. Um, you added a couple of pieces on the on the outside. I know you lost Robbie Anderson, but then you added Denzel Mims. Um, you still have Jamison Crowder there. Offensive line should be better, hopefully. They picked up uh, Beckton, Mackey Beckton, one of the higher-rated uh, offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I don't see how this offense doesn't kind of you know, definitely positively regressed this year. So to me, Le'Veon Bell is a perfect, uh, I mean, to me, he's a steal. And even in the third round, that's where his ADP is currently. I love him there. Um, And I'm definitely targeting him. I don't want him as my RB1, but as my running back two, maybe even my running back three, um, I'm definitely comfortable with him there. So any anything you want to add with Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, no, I agree with the same kind of uh, drafting tactic. He he'd be a great RB mm-hmm. um, two on your team. Yeah, and uh, I I love his workload. I just feel like last year they gave him the ball and he just kept running into the line over and over again. There was no protection. All the pressure was on him. He was dealing against stack boxes, and I feel like this coming year it's it's going to open up uh, with the new offensive linemen and with the new receivers. And Darnold 
healthy, I think it's going to be great. And you also have Joe Flacco as a backup in case anything happens to Darnold. Let's hope Sam Darnold stays healthy <laughs> for our sake as well as Le'Veon Bell's sake. Um, moving on, our consensus running back 13, uh, it's, it's Miles Sanders. Jacob, you're a little lower on Sanders than, than I am. I'm, I have him as my RB12, so just right at a, as a low-end RB1. Um, you have him as RB18. So you're, you see him as an RB2, a middling RB2. Um, I'll be quick, really. I, I don't see um, a reason why I shouldn't rank him as an RB1. The workload's going to be there. They have not added anybody um, that's of concern when it comes to his touches. The only guy there is Boston Scott, who I know they will use, but I'm not concerned when it comes to Miles Sanders' touches. And, I mean, Miles Sanders is a good player. He came from, uh, I believe, from Penn State, which is, you know, where Saquon was. He was kind of in his shadow, but, I mean, when you look at when you look at some of his uh, highlights and everything, I mean, he's, he looks incredible out there. So, to me, Miles Sanders... Um, RB12 for me. I love him. I It seems, when you look at his draft price, it seems high just because, um, I mean, I, it's just, it seems high because he's going in the early second round, like really early second round. So it's like, yeah. man, actually, well, mid second round. But I don't know. Jacob, what, you can you want to explain your ranking? Uh, yeah, Miles Sanders? I think he's just going a little bit too high for my taste. Um, he's going to get a lot of volume. I just don't, with, with the loss of uh, Brandon Brooks, the right guard, uh, one of the better offensive linemen on that team. I, the I think best. it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> There's no question. I mean, uh, he was, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this in the episode with the, with the Eagles and everything, but mm-hmm. he was the number five uh, rated player overall out of all players. I mean, he was literally right behind Patrick Mahomes, guys like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Donald and stuff like that. So he's definitely a big loss for, yeah. for the Eagles so as I, a whole. I think that's going to take a hit on that team and they're, it's going to shake them up a little bit. They're still going to be effective. But for me, I wouldn't want to take a second-year guy uh, that early in the draft. I'd rather take someone that I've seen for a couple years and have a little more trust in um, taking that early. Yeah, I mean, I understand. But, like, I mean, let, let me look a little bit ahead here. So you have Sanders at 18. So, like, that means you would take a guy like... Melvin Gordon over Sanders. Yeah. Yeah, see, like, to me, I don't know. I I can't do that. There's no way. I just, not that I don't like Gordon this year. I mean, I'm, I feel kind of indifferent about him. I'm not, like, targeting him. Um, Chris Carson, I don't know. To me, I'm not. I'd take Sanders still. And then the big one is Leonard Fournette. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Leonard Fournette this year, but you, it seems like you would take, you would take Leonard Fournette over Miles Sanders. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you're just low on Miles Sanders. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't seen enough of him. Okay. Um, we'll move on. We'll we'll uh, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> so, yeah. No, because I mean, I don't. I just don't get it. Like he showed you last year, you know. So I don't really know. What do you mean he hasn't shown you enough? Like, what what else does he have to show you? Um, in order to, you know, merit a higher draft capital from you, you know? I just feel I haven't seen enough games to where he's handled a full workload. And, uh, like, you, you look at his rushing attempts. Only one time last year did he hit 20 rushing attempts. I, I just I want to see a little more from him. I don't know if he can handle a full workload for a whole year. So that that's 
one of the reasons why I don't like him that early. Well, I mean, because looking at it, he didn't start every game. He started 11 of them, and he had almost 180 attempts, and he also had 50 catches. So it's like, I mean, a total of 220 uh, touches, and that was only starting 11 games. Jordan Howard was the guy at the beginning of the year. Um, With him gone, obviously, I see Sanders' touches going up, and he was efficient last year as well. It's not like he was just, it's not, he wasn't running. I mean, the Eagles offensive line, although losing Brandon Brooks hurts, they're still good. It's not like, the, you know, they fall, they fall apart completely. So that's my reasoning behind ranking Sanders as my, uh, my RB12. Uh, moving on, we have Chris Carson as uh, the RB14. Um, Jacob, you, you have him. Did you do a number 13? Was Yeah, well, yeah. Sanders was 13. Okay. Le'Veon Bell was 12. Right. Um, Sanders was my 12, and then uh, by consensus, he was 13. Okay. So Car- Chris Carson's our number 14 running back. Um, I'm a little bit lower on him than Jacob is. Chris Carson is 14th on Jacob's list. He's 17th on mine. Um, and really, the only the only reason why is I'm not much lower on him. It's not like I hate Chris Carson this year. It's just you look at the, the Seattle offense, and, and they want to run the ball. They do. There's no question. Offensive line has not been there for them. It's not been reliable for them. Chris Carson, he, sh- he should be the guy there. He will be the guy there. But my my only concern is that, you know, the Seahawks added Carlos Hyde and people scoff at it because it's like Carlos Hyde's not good. Well, I'm not saying he's he's good. It's just he had over a thousand yards last year. He's not just some bum running back that needed a job like and I know he's going from team to team, so he's not some great running back either. And people will argue that he's just security. And if he is just security, then Chris Carson will be great this year. I still have him ranked as a running back too. Um, I just feel like Chris, I just feel like uh, Carlos Hyde, excuse me, will have more of a role in this offense than we think, considering Chris Carson's injury history, considering his fumbling issues. Um, he's just not my favorite running back, and I'm not targeting him this year. But um, I don't know, Jacob, do you have any? argument against that or do you want to add anything on Chris Carson yeah I think that does hurt his value just a little bit um but he I think if you get him on the turnaround in the late second round I think he's great value uh like you said the Seattle Seahawks do run the ball a lot and I think his role I think he can see around 250 touches next year I think he can still be efficient he's still involved in the passing game Uh, who knows he might get even more passes um, but I, I see his role kind of slightly increasing just a little bit, um, you know, as he expands more in trust with Russell. And I think Hyde is more of an insurance play, if anything, for the Seahawks. I mean, he already had 300-plus touches last year. Yeah. So, like, you're saying that you expect that to grow even more? What are you thinking? I mean, 350 uh, I think or... I think maybe his rushing comes down just a little bit, and then his receptions come up just a tad. Okay. Yeah, because, well, you have 37 catches, so it's not yeah. I mean, it's not bad by any means, no. but it's not, um, you know, what you look for when it comes to fantasy value. But, yeah, you know, to me, when I look at the guys going around him, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, um, Le'Veon Bell, Kenyon Drake... Those guys, like I would pretty much take all of them over him, um, except for maybe Leonard Fournette. But I don't hate Chris Carson, just not my favorite player to draft this year. Um, so yeah, we can move on. Our next player on the board would be uh, David Johnson, 
So looking at David Johnson this year, it's uh, quite a change of scenery. I mean, you went from the Cardinals. I mean, you went from David Johnson being like a top three back um, to now being, you know, our consensus RB15. And you only wonder, you know, like what has changed, you know, when it comes to David Johnson, David Johnson's play, you know, like has he slowed down? What, where has he slowed down? And to me, I mean, he slowed down in the running game, of course. I still think he's an elite pass catcher. Um, there's no question that we saw flashes of that last year. Um, and you can even, some of the reasons why David Johnson was bad this was bad last year was the offensive line wasn't very good either. Um, but going to Houston, I see definitely positive regression from David Johnson. I like David Johnson this year. We have him at 15-16, so we're pretty close when it comes to our rankings. Um, my only concern with him is that if he doesn't get passing work in Houston, where is his value coming from? Because he did he did lose a step in the running game. So, because again, with Duke Johnson Jr. there, he's not some RB1 that we have to worry about, but he he's a great pass catcher as well. So, uh, any thoughts, Jacob, on David Johnson? I think he has RB1 potential for sure, uh, just on sheer volume. And I, I just think he just didn't fit in that Arizona Cardinals offense. And I think his contract was a little too big, and they decided just to to get rid of him in a way. And they, they got Hopkins, and they're going to have to deal with Hopkins' uh, contract pretty soon. But I, I think Johnson is primed for a, a big workload. And if if Hyde could be, you know, productive in that offense, I, I think Johnson won't have an issue. Yeah, I hope so. Here. I hope so, yeah, because I like David Johnson as a player. Um, and again, I just really hope that uh, that he has a bounce back year because I love seeing him play before, you know, in pre- previous years with the Cardinals. Um, moving on to our RB16, we have Leonard Fournette. Um, go ahead, Jake. You can start, it off, start us off, excuse me, with Leonard Fournette. What do you think about him? Yeah, I was waiting for... Uh... <laughs> For him to read him off, I had him at 11. So yeah, was, so you're pretty was, high on him. I love Leonard Fournette. Um, he did get a lot of workload last year. Um, a lot he, of workload. He got a lot of touches last year. Um, the only thing that was a drawback was his efficiency. He was not efficient at all. Um, he had, let's see here, 43 red zone touches. And only three rushing touchdowns, which is demoralizing. Like, he, he would get the ball, but he was just not scoring. Yeah, it was probably an O-line issue as well. Um, but I, I think his volume was amazing. I mean, he got 76 catches in 265 rushing attempts. So yeah, I, I see his, maybe his receptions coming down just a little bit. Um, they did add uh, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson. So uh, he might eat into that work just a little bit. And uh, I, I think we could see his touches going down, but his efficiency going up. I think that's what I expect. Yeah, I mean, I I, I loved Leonard Fournette last year. I loved him the year before. Um, last year, he, two years ago, he burned me because of his injury, his, I mean, his injury situations. Um, last year, I had him, um, and I loved the fact that he was getting the ball so much, and I love this volume and all, and all of those things. But again, with the, on an efficiency standpoint and a touchdown standpoint, that's not a sticky stat. I'm not going to project that he's not going to have a lot of touchdowns this year. Um, however, 
I mean, Chris Thompson, although he's kind of the same thing as we mentioned earlier um, with Duke Johnson Jr., like he's not, you know, some running back that I'm going to be worried about because he's going to take all of Leonard Fournette's touches away. I just feel another elite pass catcher added to the mix. It's not good news for Leonard Fournette. Um, His receptions will definitely come down. Like, there's no question. I don't think he hits seven, I mean, 100 targets for Leonard Fournette. Just to give you some perspective, I mean, last year, the the year before that, in 2018, he had 26 targets. Um, He was only in eight games, but still. And then the previous year, you know, he had 48 targets. Leonard Fournette's not like some sort of elite pass catcher. And even last year, he had a lot of targets and he caught the ball quite a bit. But he didn't do much with it in space. He's not, you know, the LaShawn McCoys of old. He's, yeah, he's he was not, more of a dump off, if anything. Pretty much. I mean, he got, and again, he got the ball a lot, but I'm just not thinking that Leonard Fournette's a stud in, in when it comes to the you know open field. So I have Fournette as my RB21, as a low-end RB2. And the reason why is just because I think the volume will be there, but I'm not so sure that the efficiency goes up because what did they do in the offseason that will make me think that like, why should I believe that he's going to score eight touchdowns this year? Positive regression. Sure. But I just don't feel like they added anything significant. I mean, they added Tyler Eifert. If you think that's going to help. Sure. But for me, I, I just don't like Fournette as much this year. And I'm probably not. I'm probably staying away for the most part. Anything you want to add on Leonard Fournette, Jake? Or yeah, I think that's it. On? All right, cool. So that was our RB 16. Um, RB17 is Austin Eckler. Um, he's my RB13. Jacob, he's your RB19. So we have a little bit of... Uh, we we kind of feel a little different about him. You have him as more of a low-end RB2. I have a more of him as a, as a high-end RB2. So I'll start off since I'm higher on him. I just... I like Eckler and, and I like him as a player. Like when you look at him, when you look at him play... You know, you saw Rivers dump it off to him in the backfield, and he—I mean—he was score like it felt. It felt like he scored nine times out of ten. That's he's just such an explosive player. Um, I understand the loss of Rivers. I'm not, you know, questioning that. And with Tyrod Taylor, though, he doesn't play like Rivers, and that's really the only concern that I have. Um, the fact that Tyrod Taylor will not be that dump off guy who's going to give Eckler the ball, you know, ten to fifteen times a game. Um, but I do think that because of his contract that he got, um. I see Eckler still being a huge part of this offense. Um, arguably, maybe behind Keenan Allen, the best player in this offense. And yeah, to me, I still like Austin Eckler. Uh, my only concern is, you know, again, with the volume. He's not a workhorse running back. So um, what are your thoughts, Jake? What do you think about Austin Eckler this year? Yeah, I had an issue with his rushing attempts. Uh, I think it's going to be around the same last year. He, he got about 130 or so. Um, I think Justin Jackson is going to help him out in the rushing game. And then when it came to the receptions, I think that those numbers are a little bit inflated. Uh, he, he jumped up from 40 receptions from the year before to 92. So I, I think he's still going to get the receptions. Maybe I would say around 50 to 70. But I just don't see 90 happening again along with the, the touchdowns. So I think he's just going to regress, and I, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to stay away from him because it's a new quarterback. It's just it, everything's new there, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm um, looking at his stats right now. He's, he's going into his fourth year. Um, 
his first two seasons, I mean, there was you can't really talk about them because his first season he didn't start any games. Yeah, um, he was like a third down back pretty yeah, much. If that. And in, in twenty eighteen he started three games and you mentioned that he had I mean he had thirty nine catches, um starting only three games, fifty three targets. Another elite pass catcher, but this time he's not a third round or sorry, a third string running back like Chris Thompson, like a Deion Lewis, like a, a Duke Johnson. He's he's the RB1 on the Chargers. And I guess my only argument is that I'm not saying to expect the same amount of touchdowns, to expect the same amount of efficiency from Austin Eckler as last year. I will say that, and I mean, I mean, he was putting up wide receiver numbers, 92 for almost 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns receiving. That was receiving. So I'm not expecting that, but... And I, and I agree with you when it comes to regression, he will regress. But I actually see his rushing attempts going up because you lost Melvin Gordon. That's you're you're assuming that Justin Jackson takes all of Melvin Gordon's work, and I definitely don't think that's going to happen. So I'm putting Austin Eckler probably at around uh, at least another 50 carries, um, with the receptions obviously going down because you just can't project him to have 90 plus catches yeah. every year. Um, so that's really my argument on Eckler. But um, moving on. Our number, was that number 16 or 17? That was number 17. Um, number 18 running back off the board um, for us is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, I have him at 19. Jacob, you have him at 16. Uh, so we're not too far apart on him. My only concern with him is just how is this backfield going to be split up? You have Philip Lindsay still there, of course. Melvin Gordon is a better running back, just no question. But he's in a messy backfield. Um, and I would not be targeting him in a, in a draft just because of that. But he's talented, and the, I think the Broncos, although they're not going to ride him as you know that workhorse, when it comes to the red zone, he's going to get the ball. I, yeah. They're not going to give it to Philip Lindsay. They're going to give it to Melvin Gordon because he's really good in the red zone. If you look at history, his, it speaks for itself. Melvin Gordon's a very efficient running back in the red zone, except for last year for some reason. He could not score last year in the red zone. But otherwise, Melvin Gordon... I mean, he's a RB2 for us, middling RB2. I like him as a player, probably not targeting him, maybe even staying away from him. But um, yeah, what do you think about what do you think about him, Jake? Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, he's going around the third round, and I, I think he's a perfect candidate for that turnaround um, for your second pick or even your third pick if you could get him that late. But I think he's great value. Um, like you said, he's very efficient. And I think he has something to prove when he when he goes to Denver, and so he's gonna he's gonna run like he means it. And I I don't think Lindsey has faces too much of a um, challenge, I guess, in eating away at too much of his workload. I I see Lindsey his attempts going down from last year. He got two hundred twenty four attempts. Oh, it'll go down for sure. So I think um, because Royce was never too effective, Royce Freeman. And so now okay. you have, yeah. So now you have Melvin Gordon, a proven back, who can move the ball. I think these two can work together, and I think Gordon can get most of the volume, along with most of the touchdowns. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, not much to add to that other than the fact that um, it's just going to be messy. I think you would still agree with that. You like Melvin Gordon, but it's going like to be kind him. of. It's going to be. Yeah. I, I don't. If I knew Philip Lindsay was gone. Well, then I would love Melvin Gordon. He'd be at a top 12 guy. But um, just because I think Lindsey is still good enough to have a role there. So Mm -hmm. um, our next guy, 
at running back 18, whoever, who, whoever thought this would ever happen. Um, but Todd Gurley is our number 18 running back. Um, he's actually, for me, he is my, oh, so he's 18 for me, 17 for you. So we're very close. Um, and I, although he's 18 for me, I love him this year. Yeah. Um, just because of where you can get him in the draft. Now, I, I don't think I'm going to expect to get Gurley in the sixth round because people are going to hop on him earlier. I think that's what's going on. He's kind of going all over the place. Uh, people don't know where to take him. And I right. think it's just kind of have to be maybe more reports come out, maybe some footage. I don't know, to, to prove that he's ready for the workload. But, right. he, but there's no one behind him. So it's they must have some sort of faith in him. What do you mean? Ito Smith is behind him, Jake. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, exactly. Point is, is that Gurley's going to get the ball. I'm not expecting like 300 plus touches or 350 plus touches or anything like that because this is Atlanta. I, I would see around two, 200 to 250. Oh, I, there's I no question. I mean, yeah. he's, he's the only guy there. I don't see why not. I think... Look, man, if 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 he can get back to, you know, I mean, even last year he looked good. And yeah. it's not like he, because with this whole, what is it, knee tendonitis, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that he has like a lingering injur- injury that is hurting all the time. It's so like inconsistent. One week it'll be hurting like, like crazy. And then the next week he'll feel fine. He'll feel like 2018 Todd Gurley. So, I mean, in reality... Gurley this year, he's a value to me. Um, and no question. I mean, I love Todd Gurley this year, especially where he's going. But be aware that he will shoot up draft boards in majority of leagues. Um, I think we're good to move on. We can go to Clyde as our number 19 running back. Um, I think actually it's actually number 20. Gurley was 19, actually, guys. Clyde is 20. Um, and... I'm definitely higher on Clyde than you are, Jake. You have him as your 22nd running back. Um, I have him as my 15th. So maybe explain to the people why do you, you know, not that you hate him, but you are lower than him than a lot of other people. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, you never know what's going to happen to a rookie running back, especially when he comes into a, it's not too crowded, but you still have Damon Williams there. And this is such a, a high passing offense. And I, I think he's going to get the ball through there. He's definitely going to get some rushing attempts. But I feel like it's going to be split until he learns the offense pretty well. And then maybe towards the second half of the season, I could see an increase in his attempts. But it's it's kind of like I'd rather around where he's going at, I'd rather go for some other guys. Yeah, so well, you mentioned where he's going and you'd rather take other guys. Let's, let me talk to you about it. Let's yeah. see what you think. Um, Mark Ingram's going four picks before him. You take Mark Ingram or Clyde? Yeah, I. Th- hmm. Well, I mean, according to our like uh, one thing that I'd like to mention, we might have guys. Um, so for example, in this case, Jacob and I both have Clyde, um, above Ingram. Yeah, so I'm thinking Clyde above Ingram. There. But there are times I will mention that there are times where we might still take the lower guy for whatever reason. There should be some explanation for that. But just to note, in this case, though, you're taking Clyde over Ingram, right? Yeah. Um, There's David Johnson or Clyde. I know you take David Johnson. Of course. Um, But then there's David Montgomery. Do you take Clyde or David Montgomery? I have Montgomery ranked right after Clyde, but I'd still take Montgomery over Clyde just because... Volume? Yeah. 
He's he's the locked and loaded RB one, and Clyde. I just feel like it's it's not his job yet. Yeah, for me, um, I'm feeling very bullish on Clyde. I know we don't yeah. all like. Well, this I word. think there's there's <laughs> higher upside for Clyde. Well, there's no question. I think yeah. I think Clyde, out of all the guys that he's going around, he has the most upside. Yeah, more than David Johnson. Sorry to say, mm. but it's true. No, it's true, Jacob. The Chiefs running back has one of the highest upsides in all of fantasy football. And the reason why I'm, I'm, I guess I can call myself high on him, but I mean, I have him as RB15. He's still an RB2 for me. I see other people in the industry ranking him as like a low end RB1. So to me, Clyde is an RB2 with guaranteed RB1 upside. I mean, as long as he has the job. And it's just a matter of do you think he does? Damian Williams is, is a good running back, he's a good player. Maybe not even a good running back because <laughs> he really he succeeds more in these outside passes when he gets out to the corner and stuff like that. So I think Clyde fits in with the system um, more, and I would love Clyde as my running back too. Um, I'm not looking for Clyde as my running back one, but that's also because he's going in, I believe, in the third round, if I'm not mistaken, or actually maybe a little bit later than that, but fourth round. So I'm gonna have a running back before him drafted already. Yeah. So like I don't mind him as my RB two especially for that upside. So uh, moving on to RB21, we have James Conner. Um, another player that we're very close uh, ranking. You have him as 20. I have him at 22. Um, what are your thoughts, Jake? What, what, do, you, what do you project James Conner this year um, when it comes to his workload, when it comes to his efficiency and that kind, of, that kind of thing? And then with obviously adding Big Ben to the mix again, their offense, you know, I know you. I know you're kind of concerned when it comes to his elbow and all that. You've mentioned it, so um, you know what kind of what kind of per, uh, progress do you think he's made? Do you think he's going to have an impact on this offense? I believe he will. I believe that he comes back as uh, maybe not Big Ben of old, but an upgrade from Duck Hodges. I mean, and what's the other guy's name on the Steelers that that started Mason a couple of games? Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Yeah, like I, those guys were bums, man. I'm sorry. So. Big Ben, I think I see it as a positive regression for the entire offense, including Juju and James Conner. So, Jake, thoughts on Conner? What do you think? you like him or no? Yeah, so Conner, when it comes to him, he's always struggled with injuries these past couple of years, and he had cancer, you know, I yeah. think before he joined the league. And um, it just, it, it's it kind of hangs over his head. You never know because injuries, they, they come and go and they tend to linger sometimes. But I, I like his volume. I don't think uh, the new draft, uh, what was his name? Anthony McFarland. I, I don't think he's going to eat too much into his workload. I think he's going to help out. But I think Connor is the guy to own here. And uh, he's not going anywhere. And I think he's going to get the volume. And I, I wouldn't worry about him too much this year. Uh, with Big Ben back, like you said, this offense is definitely going to move a lot smoother and a lot better, and I think that'll take off a lot of pressure from Connor and the stacked boxes that he was dealing with last year. Definitely, yeah. My thoughts on Connor are pretty much the same. Um, I'm probably staying away just because of the injury risk, though. Well, um, last year he was gone at the end of the first round. Yeah. Now yeah. you can take him in the second, third, fourth round maybe. So I, I think he's pretty good value where he's at. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's going at the end of the third round according to Fantasy Football Calculator, so it's not like he's being drafted super high or anything. Um, 
I like James Conner as a player. I think he's good. And I like the fact that the Steelers use a one running back system or approach. Yeah. Um, I don't expect the committee by any means. So I like James Conner, but not a guy that I'm necessarily targeting. Um, this next guy, I'll let Jacob uh, kind of take the reins on him as well because it's on your team. Uh, Cam Akers, Jake, what are your thoughts what are you? What do you think about? I mean, I we both love him. I have him. I have him a bit lower than you, at twenty four. You have him at twenty one. So it's not a huge discrepancy. I think Cam Akers could be a beast this year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I really like him a lot. I don't think Daryl Henderson's going to come back at the year, at the beginning of the year to start. He's still dealing with the injury, and so I think Cam is going to start off um, maybe with like a shared backfield with Malcolm Brown. Uh, the veteran over there, and I think Malcolm Brown's going to kind of teach him, coach him, show him, you know, the the best ways to be a running back, and I think Cam Akers is just going to do a great job, and he's going to take off, and he's going to be a great back, in my opinion, and I think he, the workload is there. Um, as you saw with Gurley, he's going to get, I, I think Cam Akers is going to get about 200 touches this year, if not more, and I think he's going to be involved in the passing game, because the Rams like to throw, you know, a couple screens here or there, and I, I don't, I don't see his. I, 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 I like him a lot. I think he has a lot of upside. Definitely, yeah. For me, I, I might. You hit all the points. I think. Um, my only concern is that you know, do they actually use him as the workhorse? And according to what you just said, the fact that he's going to have two hundred plus, uh, you know, touches, you do believe that. You don't yeah. think that Henderson or Malcolm Brown will have much of a role. Um, that's my concern, um, is just that I feel like, because they are, Henderson's a second-year running back, I believe, um, and Malcolm Brown's been there for a few years, so I feel like because of that veteran, I guess, veteran, you know, so to speak, presence, maybe, you know, they have kind of a split, you know, sort of timeshare there. But, I mean, Cam Akers, where he's going in the draft is the reason why I like him a lot. Eighth-round pick that's going to go up. That's not going to stay there um, just because it's a Rams running back and th- he's going to be good. There's no question. It's just a matter of if you, if you believe, will it be a split or will it be the can't make or show? So um, next up is Mark Ingram consensus running back 23 for us. Um, I have him. Let's see where I, I have him as my RB 20 Jacob, you're at RB 26. This is kind of where our rankings start to get a little more, um, different, but it's expected when you start going into the running back three range. Um, Mark Ingram, I feel like he's the the old guy who gets ignored every single year. Um, he always produces because he's always been in a good offense, but you know, with the Saints, of course, two years ago, last year with the Ravens. He's with the Ravens again this year. Um, I know they drafted uh, J.K. Dobbins, and he's good, but I don't think J.K. Dobbins takes over that number one role because Mark Ingram is still good and he knows the system and this offense is going to be great again. Um, so to me, Mark Ingram running back 20, um, solid RB two. And there's not much to say. I, like I don't, he doesn't have the volume, but that's not what he needs because of this offense. He's just so efficient. Um, I would take a guy like Clyde over him and maybe David Johnson, but I would take Mark Ingram over a guy like Montgomery, who's going to get a ton of volume. So, um, those are my thoughts. Do you have anything to add on Mark Ingram, Jake? 
Yeah, so when it comes to Ingram, I just feel like with the, the arrival of Dobbins, and they still have, you know, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, I just feel like Dobbins just eats more and more away from Ingram's workload. And you look at last year, which is kind of interesting, he caught 26 balls out of 29 targets, and five of those catches were touchdowns, which is pretty pretty efficient. Um, I, I see it's regression. <laughs> yeah, I see regression coming from that aspect, and I just see his rushing attempts come down just a tad. And I, I see, I just see regression all over. I, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't trust them. Yeah, for me, I mean, I see regression as well because they were just so hyper efficient yeah. last year. I mean, all of them were hyper. I mean, Mark Andrews was efficient, and I, th- I, mean, I think they Lamar just Mark Jackson. So. They built off each other. You know, they just kept right. moving the ball, moving the ball. I, I see defenses kind of scheming a little better and kind of stopping that momentum and in turn kind of stopping that whole offense and not making it as efficient as last year. And yeah, the way I see Ingram is that if the rest of the offense is going to be efficient, maybe not as efficient as last year, I still see him as a solid RB2. So yeah. Um, moving on to our RB24, we have Devin Singletary. Um not much to talk about here. Explosive runner. Um, a guy who's not going to get a ton of volume. And probably not going to score a ton of touchdowns either. Um, but, and and the fact that you added... Um, Zach Moss. Zach Moss, that's right. And so, I mean, to me, I'm not as high. Last year, I liked him because he went late. This year, he's going earlier. I'm not as high on him this year. So, um, Jake, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he, he dealt with, a, I think it was a hamstring issue. Yeah. He missed a couple weeks. But once he came back, he, he he had a couple big runs, and then his workload started to pick up, and he finally started getting more receptions. And I, he's kind of a tricky guy. I, sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. But I think he's just too much risk um, for where he's being drafted at. Yeah, I think I he's agree. going in. Wow, yeah, he's going in the third round. Yeah. I, I think that's just a little too much. And I'd rather go with a couple other guys in that area. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, David Montgomery, RB25 for us. Low end, or right on the cusp of RB2, RB3 territory. Um, I like him as a player. I think you do too, Jake. But yeah. um, for me, he's RB29. He's RB23 for you. Um, and I just, my concern is just the offense. I don't like the offense. Um, and I don't think that they're going to be much better this year. Um but I don't fault people wanting to draft him because he will get volume. That's the one thing that David Montgomery has. And if somehow the offense can get better this year, maybe Nick Foles turns this offense around, Montgomery will be a steal. So what do you think? Yeah, I like his workload. Um, definitely gets a lot of touches. Not as many receptions as I was like, as I would like, but that's because of Cohen. He um, takes a lot of catches away. And I think Montgomery's going to have um, hmm, a similar year to last year with maybe a little more catches. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope he has a better year than last year because I was very disappointed with him last year. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, I mean, really, it's just, I think, just, and also the touchdown department. I mean, we, we would love to see, you know, him score a bit more in that, in that department. but yeah. Or score more fantasy points in that department. So, um, moving on. We have uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I mean, it almost feels like we're ranking him low just because, I mean, he's so good. 
and we saw how good he was in college at the combine and, and whatnot. So, um, but Jonathan Taylor going into that Colts backfield, it's tough with Marlon Mack there. Um, and I'm, and I think he's going to be great in the future. Um, but just this year, I'm not too hot on him just because of the fact that he's with another really good running back there. They're both very good. And so I can see maybe Jonathan Taylor taking over, um, but I'm not putting too much stock into that. So, I mean, yeah, to me, he's, he's RB 26 for me, RB 27 for you. Um, what do you, how do you see this backfield shaping out? It, it can go one of two ways. It can be Jonathan Taylor as the prime, you know, workload back that gets most of the carries, most of the receptions, and then Marlon Mack and uh, what was the third guy, the pass catcher? Naeem Hines. Not, so uh, Hines getting the catches. and But then the way, the more realistic approach is I see kind of Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack kind of splitting the first and second down duties with Naheem Hines coming in on third down. That That's what I see happening, and that kind of makes everyone kind of fantasy irrelevant. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Um, we can, I guess we can move on from there. I mean, there's not much to say about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um, other than that, really, it's going to be a tough backfield to approach this in this uh, fantasy draft. So uh, Raheem Mostert is consensus running back 26. Um, another guy that kind of feels low just because of how good he was last year. Um, I think he should see the majority of the carries in San Francisco, but this backfield is just so muddied that it's hard to like put stock into him as an RB1 or anything like that. So, um, but hey, as running, I think running back 26 is, uh, it might be a little low for him, but I think it's fair. I'm um, just considering that he's not like a workhorse back in San Francisco. Um, and he's going in the seventh round. So uh, it kind of, it makes sense. What what about you? What do you think? Do you, do you like most of this year? Not too hot. What do you think? Uh, where he's going around, I'd rather take some other guys. I just feel like his workload is not going to be, well, I mean, the 49ers run the ball a lot. So There's a lot to go around. Yeah, so I mean, he's going to have a workload. I just don't like him. Whenever you have a shared backfield, it's like, when is it going to go off? You know, which week? Like, I'd rather take a guy who has a more proven role. But, I mean, for that value, for that round, if if you took like maybe two RBs early and you went a couple wide receivers and then you thought about going back to running back, I wouldn't mind Mostert, you know? He's not right. too bad. So you don't think like the end of last year kind of tells you that he's the lead guy there? In my opinion, no. I, I think Coleman still is going to lead that backfield. Oh, and you then, think Coleman's going to lead the I, backfield? I think so, yeah. Oh, I disagree. I think Mostert's going to lead it. <laughs> I, I mean, considering like Tevin Coleman, his injuries last year, the fact that he just didn't fit the system as much as Mostert did. I the think, team was overall better with Mostert. I mean, that, that, that's what it may have seen, but I just think they want to stick with Coleman, and I feel like his injuries kind of kept him from from being that back. But I, I think Coleman is a better back, in my opinion. Okay. I guess that makes sense because you have Coleman one spot ahead of Mostert. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not too high on Mo, uh, Coleman, so that's why you'll see Coleman at the end of our list. <laughs> um, but next up is DeAndre Swift. Um we both, I think on this one, we can just kind of both agree that he's the better running back. He's going to end up taking over this backfield. Um, and there's, I mean, the thing is, it is the Lions backfield. So to me, um, I'm not 
trying to draft him, maybe as like a late round flyer. I know he's going, I think, in the ninth round, if I'm not mistaken, um, maybe eighth, but he's just not a guy that I'm like, you know, super excited about. Um, so yeah, to me, DeAndre Swift, great talent, um, but it's the Lions running back, uh, uh, excuse me, the Lions backfield. So they, this is not what they like to do. They want to throw the ball because it's Stafford, Stafford's there. So um, I, I think, Jake, you kind of disagree. You like Swift and you think that they are going to kind of go to him, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I talked about him in our division review of that division, and I just feel like Swift is going to change the definition of what a Lions running back is. I, I think Swift is, is going to surprise a lot of people, and I think he's going to be used in the passing game a lot, and I, I think he's going to run the ball pretty effectively because he's quick and shifty. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Kareem Hunt is our consensus running back 28. Um, I actually really like Kareem Hunt this year just because you can get him so late and he's going to have a role in the Browns offense. So um, he's going to catch a ton of, uh, he's going to have a ton of receptions this year. He's going to run the ball here and there. He's not going to be like a workhorse running back, but he will have, He'll score most likely. Um, he'll fill in when whenever Nick Chubb is tired or whatnot. So, Cream Hunt kind of as a bench flyer. I don't see um, anything wrong with him. Any thoughts on Cream Hunt, Jake? Yeah, I mean he's going around the other guys that kind of share a backfield with other people, so he kind of fits in that mesh. I mean he he's kind of going. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's about there. I would say he's just above that tier in a way. Because he has more potential. I we've seen him in the Chiefs. We we've seen him run the ball. We've seen him catch the ball. So he's a very dynamic back. Uh, he can do a lot of stuff. And but the only problem is Chubb is there, and Chubb is an amazing running back as well. So I think that kind of caps off Hunt. I don't know if I would like to own Hunt. Maybe if he drops, in my opinion, I'll, I'll snatch him. But other than that, I'm not going to look to take Hunt. Yeah, I mean, looking back to what you said about him, I mean, being a good running back, like, I mean, he is. Looking back at his Chiefs days, like, he was like a top five guy when yeah. he was there. You couldn't say that the system benefited him, but um, overall, Kareem Hunt, extremely talented, a guy that um, I'm personally looking for uh, this draft. Next up on our list is Ronald Jones. He's uh, running back 29 for us. Um, I'm higher on him than Jake. I have him at RB28. Jacob has him at RB36. Um, my, I guess my only reasoning for this ranking is just because I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is going to be even better than last year and w may, may come to, I should say, may approach this year a bit differently. With Tom Brady there, I don't see them airing out the ball um, as much as last year. And I think that they're going to be a lot, they're going to try to be a lot more efficient. You know, kind of let the, kind of let the offense percolate, and I think that they're going to try to get the ball going on the ground. So, to me, I like Ronald Jones. I mean, he's an RB three. It's not, it's not like I love him so much to put him anywhere higher than that. But I think that he's he'll be a solid running back um, in the later rounds. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too excited about Jones. I feel like it's just going to be a muddy backfield, and it's going to be. Uh, not mostly passing, but I think it's going to lean heavy, more heavier on the passing side. Oh, uh, it will. My, my only, 
My only argument was that he, I think they'll get more red zone opportunities. Okay. Like, I don't think that he's going to have a ton of volume and he's going to carry the ball 350 plus times. But I think that he'll, they will get to the red zone a lot. And I think they'll be able to convert in the red zone a lot more than they did last year. Um, Last year, they had a lot of touchdowns from, from distance, you know, a ton of 20, 30, 40, 50 plus yard bombs from Winston. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see that Bucks team. I, I really I'm don't really know. excited for that team. It's going to be a <laughs> sick team to watch. Like not even because of Brady, just like overall, like it's going to be yeah. a really good team to watch. No, I mean, and just talking about that, there's going to be so many good teams this year and I'm excited to see how they play out this season. Right. Um, I'll mention him just because he's not ranked, but just to give a, a quick shout out to Keyshawn Vaughn, late round flyer that I would consider, especially if you don't draft Ronald Jones and you want a piece of that Bucks offense and he might end up breaking out because Brady loves dumping it off to the to the backfield and Keyshawn Vaughn fits that mold for sure. Um, I mean, he can be the the next LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I don't think either one of these guys <laughs> will, but we'll see. Uh, moving on, Jordan Howard. Um, the only reason why he's being ranked is because he's actually a good running back, I think. And also the fact that... Um, he will have the backfield, not to himself, because Matt Breida's there, but I think with Jordan Howard being the lead back there, we've seen him succeed. But do you I'm think not, he's he's going to be the lead back? In I think Miami? he's the lead back, and I do think that Breida will mix in either to change pace or to go in on passing downs, third down kind of situations. On short yardage, first, down, first and second down, and on goal lines, it's Jordan Howard. He's just a bigger guy. Um, Matt Breida is a smaller guy. We know that, so... Um, but I, at the same time, I don't love Jordan Howard just because I don't ever see Miami running back succeed. So I'm not too hot on him this year either. Um, anything to add or we want to move on? Yeah, I think we can move on. Cool. Darius guys, these last couple guys, I mean, we're not super excited about any of them. At least I'm not. Um, but we just like to mention, we'd like to go all the way to running back 36 just to, so we can have, a, um, you know, so we can finalize these rankings, but Darius guys, are running back 32. Um, I mean, another guy that's kind of like Jordan Howard, he has the backfield for the most part to himself, but well, I mean, if he's healthy, he, he can could, easily outplay this, oh, this ranking, it's but insane. it's just a matter of like, will he be healthy? It's just hard to predict because his injury history. I mean, um, look, look at this game in week 13 last year, 10 rushes for 130 yards and two touchdowns against who? Against the Carolina Panthers, but I'm, like he he created so much buzz when he came into the league because well, he's a good running back. Yeah, and then he got injured, and then <laughs> he just man, I I think he's worth a late round flyer. Oh, definitely, no question. I, I'm not sure. Let me see where he's going. He's going in the well. He's not even a. The thing is, he's not a late round flyer, man. Yeah, he's a six round pick. So it's like you're paying up for a guy. You that are. You yeah. might not be happy with because of his injury so if you're willing to risk that go for it you might get an rb1 but i just i'm staying away because i've never seen him succeed you know on a week-to-week basis you still have adrian peterson there um yeah for sure it's it's gonna be interesting yeah moving on we have our rb33 which is sony michelle um funny because a lot of these guys are actually going to get volume um, it's just that it's hard to predict efficiency and it's hard to predict whether these offenses are actually going to be yeah. good. 
um, with the addition of Cam Newton, um, <laughs> Sony Michelle, I don't think we really consider that when it comes to ranking him because to me, I would rank him a bit higher, um, probably even above uh, Ronald Jones, uh, maybe move him up that many with spots. With Cam I mean, Newton? The reason why is because we were thinking of him before with Jarrett Stidham. Offense is going to be very shaky, inconsistent. I'm not saying Cam Newton's going to take him to the Super Bowl, but well, the problem I see with Cam is he's probably going to vulture touchdowns. No, he he can't. Well, it depends. Do you think he returns to that kind of form? Do you think he goes back to that play style? Cam Newton goes back to that. I you think know, so. If you think so, then 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 disregard what I'm saying. But to me, I think this this makes the offense more efficient, and I think that. This actually helps him because we've seen in history's past, um, running backs benefit from having a rushing quarterback. They do. Yeah. It's just facts. So when you have Cam Newton there now, you have you you have Sony Michelle in the mix. I think it actually benefits him. So to me, I think I'm gonna, I'm going to move him up a bit um, when it comes to my draft board. Yeah. But I mean, they still have what Rex Burkhead, James White. Oh no question, Damian Harris, right? There's no question it's going to be confusing when it comes to this backfield just because of how many guys there are. But it's kind of interesting with all those guys there last year, he got 41 red zone attempts. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He just wasn't able to convert. Um, so moving, let's move on. Uh, a couple more guys left. RB 34. Um, we have Damian Williams. So, He's not a guy that I'm looking for because I believe that maybe he might have value at the beginning of the season, but he's definitely not someone that I'm looking to draft. Um, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of of him this year just because of the addition of Clyde, as we all know. Um, I don't have much else to say about him. I mean, I just don't. I don't. I might move him even more. I mean, he's already pretty low on my rankings. He's RB thirty eight for me. So yeah, um, I don't. I don't see any point in drafting him. I mean, he's going in about the seventh round. I just don't pretty early. I don't see enough value in him to start him. He might be a, a, you know, maybe a backup running back. Maybe you play him in a bye. Maybe you stream him. I just, uh, I would avoid him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only reason why you draft Damian Williams is if you think that Clyde is not good or you think Clyde doesn't ever take over. So, um, moving on, a couple more running backs. We have Marlon Mack as our RB35. Um, but as you can see, we have him below Jonathan Taylor. Um, really the main reason why is because I think Jonathan Taylor's overall better talent and I think he ends up taking over. But I mean Marlon Mack is not a bad pick this year by any means either. He's um, not, no. You know, he's I believe he's going in let's see, the the fifth end of the fifth round. He's going before Jonathan Taylor. Um so honestly if I had to take a shot on the backfield, I'd take Jonathan Taylor. But Marlon Mack is still a good running back. I'm not I don't feel bad about taking him. Um, but I probably would still consider other guys in that range. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I'd rather take David Montgomery or Todd Gurley or David Johnson. It's the, Those guys are have the role. And I feel like Marlon Mack kind of lost his job. And, and it's kind of, it's it's shaky over there. Well, not yet. We have to see how that plays out because we don't know yeah. yet. I mean, those guys that you mentioned are being drafted around earlier. So, of course, I mean, I would agree. I'll, I'll take him as well. The problem with Mack is that he... He struggled with injuries, and I, I feel like they're kind of tired of that, and they're they're moving on. And I think they found their back in Jonathan Taylor. Well, I think I personally think they just drafted Jonathan Taylor so that they don't have to pay Marlon Mack. <laughs> yeah, they just that have could the be future. Um, RB thirty six, our final uh, running back, is Tevin Coleman. Um, 
I'm staying away. I liked him last year a lot, um, but just because of the emergence of Mostert, I believe Mostert's going to be the guy there. Um, I know, Jacob, you think Coleman will be, um, so that's fine. But for me, I just like Mostert more. I think he's a better player right now, and I think he fits the the running back, or I should say the running back mold for the 49ers. But, um, so I'm not too hot on Coleman. I'm not, I'm not going to be drafting him this year. Yeah, I mean, either back Coleman or uh, Mostert, I think they're both going to be just as productive. Um, with Coleman going in the eighth round, he's not that bad of value. I, I think uh, around that value, I'd love to take him. Uh, you're not losing a whole lot. Um, but I'll definitely, if there's other guys like Cam Akers or, um, let's see, DeAndre Swift, I might take those guys over Coleman, you know? Oh, I for sure will. <laughs> there's no question for me. Yeah. Um. That basically rounds out our top 36. A couple guys that we didn't mention, um, but on Johnson, James White, um, anybody else that you can think of, but those guys are pretty much all right outside their top 36. James White's an interesting one. I think this is the last thing I want to say, but he's an interesting uh, uh, player to talk about because Brady's gone, but it just depends on how you feel on how Cam Newton is going to play this year. <laughs> I mean, if you think that he's going to be willing to dump off to the to the passing backs like like James White, James White should move up your board. But um, I don't I don't know because you had Christian McCaffrey and and everything succeed with Cam Newton. I'm not trying to compare Christian McCaffrey to James White, but when it comes to the pass catching role, James White's very good. So just a note, and then uh, that's about it. But yeah, Carry On Johnson right outside. I'm not drafting him. Anybody else you'd like to mention, Jacob? No, like you said, all those guys are, I think they're worth streamers. I mean, if you're down on a buy or your running back goes down, those guys are definitely streaming options, and I don't think they'll disappoint you. Uh, with a good matchup, I think they can be just as effective as an RB2 or 3. Yep, I, I would agree. But uh, I think that concludes this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Don't forget to review us and whatever platform you're using. And follow us on Instagram at the.perfectpick. And as always, have a good day.